Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that, people ask? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you, my friend, can get out there and get some stuff done for your king. Listen, I'm telling you, last night, last night, last night was Wednesday night. What was that? February? No, not February. May the 11th. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, We have a Wednesday night service here at Grace City Church in Harrison, Arkansas. And we got home and we were eating uh, after we got back from the service and one of my boys, his name is Arrow, and uh, he's number two. And he said, Dad, he said, while you were ministering, while, while you were up there uh, talking and reading out of the Bible, et cetera, he, he, he said, I just began to focus in on you. And he said, I felt like I was getting stronger. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, yes, son. The word was getting in you, and it was strengthening you. That was Ephesians 3.16 the spirit of might. That's the power in the word. It was causing your inner man to just rise up to the top. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing, friends. Uh, By getting in front of the word, getting in front of an anointed word, I'm telling you, it does something on the inside of you. Something's growing and changing. There's an intelligence. There's an agency. There's an intellect in the word because the word is living. And it knows exactly what to do when it hits your heart. And it will strengthen you. It will encourage you. It will cause you to to become strong. I'm telling you, it'll draw you. It calls to you to get off the couch and into the game, friend. It will call you to get out and begin to move in great exploits. Hallelujah. That's why we're here, friends. We're just doing our part and honored to do it. I'm telling you, we're excited to do it to come here every day to to join you as we fellowship around the word, release our faith together, friends, that um, something's going on. And I'm telling you, we're going to get out here and turn our cities upside down for Jesus. Listen, I just got a call from a brother that was in Kansas City this morning, uh, and he called me. And he said, man, I got to share this testimony with you. He was he's He's out of town doing this work project. And so he's coming out of his hotel, got into his van. He walked past this guy who was sitting on, on the sidewalk outside of this hotel. And he gets in his, in his work vehicle, and he looks over at the guy, and he thought the guy said, uh, flat tire. That's, that's what he thought the guy said. So he got out of the work truck there, came around, was looking at his tires, and he said, uh, did you say flat tire? And he said, no, nice van. And he said, oh, okay, I thought you said flat flat tire. Anyway, so he just said, man, thank you. And then he just suddenly said, you know what, sir? Jesus loves you. And as soon as he said that, this guy begins to just break down and weep. Listen, friends, he led that man right there. This morning, it was like 6.30, 7 o'clock this, this morning, this very morning, May the 12th, led this man to the Lord just sitting on the sidewalk outside of the hotel. Listen, that's turning cities upside down one soul at a time. That guy's life has been totally changed. And so he just called me. He was telling me this testimony. This guy was uh, into Satan worship. He was into all kinds of stuff, man, just messed up, broken. But I'm telling you, God reached out to him. And listen, that's, that's what he's calling you to do. 
we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategy so you can get out there and do those very same things, my friend. Hallelujah. So what are you going to do today? What are you going to do tomorrow? Well, you're going to get out there and do exploits. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to turn entire cities upside down for his glory. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into this. So I want to talk a little bit. Um, you know, if, if you've been following along with, with the podcast, the last several weeks, we've been talking about the power of imagination. And we're going to get into that. We're going to have uh, a guest on the show to help me talk about it here shortly, but um, or here in the next week or so. But right now, I want to take a pause and I want to talk about um, some strategies of the enemy against you and uh, how the enemy will try and come against you, one of the ways that he comes against you. So that's what today's podcast is going to be about. And I want to look at specifically kind of a job description that we read. Every time we read this particular word in the New Testament, it's a job description. It is less of a proper name. When I say it here in a second, most of y'all are going to go, well, that's a proper name. Well, it's actually not. We use it as, as a proper name, but it's really not. But uh, I want to help you today. Holy Ghost is going to help you and me both to be aware of a strategy of the enemy, especially when we come off talking about using the power of our imagination, meditating on his word. I'm telling you, there will be an increase in revelation knowledge when you begin to do that. The spirit realm is going to open up to you. At that moment, the devil is going to try and shut you down. He doesn't want you in there. He, he doesn't want you seeing unseen things. He doesn't want the realm of the spirit becoming open and available to you. He wants you to stay out of that and stay in the natural. This is why he pulls so much, tempts the flesh so much, because if you're flesh led, you're going to stay in the realm of the natural and you're not going to be operating and interacting with the realm of the supernatural. So the devil's very, um, uh, what's the word here? He'll jump on this as quick as he can and as hard as he can. And I'm telling you, he's dirty, he's nasty. If he could totally pummel you, and get you out of the game. That's what he's going to try and do. He doesn't care if he hurts your feelings. I mean, think about the worst bully you've ever encountered, maybe in preschool, junior high, high school, college, whatever. Just think about the nastiest bully you have ever encountered and multiply that times a billion. That's the devil. He doesn't care about your emotions, your feelers. He doesn't care about how wounded you get. He'll mock you, make fun of you. He'll tear you down. I, I mean, he, he will do whatever he can to absolutely humiliate you, shame you, into getting out of the game, friend. But listen, you are not going to fall prey to that. You are getting your bearing about yourself. You're getting your wits about yourself. You're, you're getting yourself together. You are sober-minded, and you are strong in the power of his might, and you're going to get out there, and you're going to do exploits, friend. Uh, we need everybody in their place moving in their grace. We need all hands on deck right now. We got to have every, everybody involved. We need the entire army ready to go. I, I, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. We need to get worked up, excited, focused, game faces on right now. I'm telling you, we got things that we got to do. So let's talk about this strategy. And uh, let's start right here. I think we'll start right here. Um, hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm rethinking that. No, I, I, I think so. I think so. So let's go to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. 
I was trying to look for a way to jump in to this, and there's just no other way to jump in but to jump in. So let's jump in here, and then we'll be led. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, you know this story. It's the story where Paul begins to express that because of an abundance of revelation that he was flowing in, there was a messenger of Satan that was assigned to him. Remember this? Uh, and he says, a thorn in the flesh. Now, let me just stop here because there's so much religious, traditional thinking wrapped up in, in, in this verse that is just not true. I mean, the Bible is very clear that this was not an eye ailment. A lot of people say Paul had something going on with his eye, like cataracts or some goofiness like that. That is not the case. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually explains what the thorn in the flesh was. He wasn't handicapped. He wasn't limping. He didn't have a, a knee issue, an ankle issue. He didn't have an eye issue. He was fine. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, the guy was beat up a couple times. He was left for dead. But I'm telling you, he was raised from the dead. I know a brother. Uh, his name's Dean Braxton. He's a friend of ours. He was dead for an hour and 45 minutes. I think he had like 27 uh, major complications in his body. But guess what? When he was raised from the dead, all of that was healed. Look, Paul was fine. The thorn in the flesh was not a physical uh, sickness or disease or handicap. The thorn, he answers what the thorn was. He's, the thorn literally was a demon. It was a messenger of Satan, a demon imp, some sort of demonic being of some sort and of some class. That's what he said the thorn was. Now, why was that demon there? Because of the increase in revelation knowledge. Now, Paul was not special in this sense. He did say in the body, out of the body, he was caught up to the third heaven. I mean, he moved and lived behind the veil, if you understand what I'm saying. He was aware. The eyes, spiritual eyes, were open. He was seeing in the spirit realm. He was hearing in the spirit realm. He was moving in the spirit realm. He was caught up in the spirit on a regular basis. Uh, all right, and this is what we've been talking about in our series on the power of imagination. It's the gateway to the spirit realm. And so this is going to become normative for you as well, moving in and out of the things of, of the spirit, going into the spirit, coming out, uh, being utilized uh, to have spiritual understanding, spiritual sight, spiritual hearing. Uh, hearing. This is, these are going to be normal things for you and me. They are normal things for you and me, okay? You are interacting with the heavenly angels who have been assigned to you, normal. Not weird, normal. I, the devil's trying to make that weird. It's not weird, it's normal, but it's only, quote, weird because it's a spiritual reality it's a, an, an unseen realm. Just because it's unseen doesn't mean it's not real. And it interacts. You and I are interacting together. It's just simply unseen with natural eyes and ears. This is why we've been given the gift, the seeing eye and the hearing ear. This is why in Revelation 3, he said, counsel of me for ISAF, for your eyes. Why? So you can see these things. Hallelujah. You will know and, and, and have vivid Vivid, vivid, vivid vision. You will have vision of that spiritual realm. All right. So this is so you and I are fitting in this story easily, very easily, because of the abundance of revelation. Now you and I are not writing canon. You you and I you and I are not adding to the uh, scriptura. 
you and I are not adding to the Bible, but that doesn't mean that uh, revelation knowledge of the spirit realm is not abounding. I mean, we can go back to Daniel. Daniel prophesied every um, every spiritual general, you, you know, every significant spiritual man or woman in the last hundred plus years has had some prophetic unction that as we near the end of time that there would be an increase in the spirit of seeing and knowing. Well, that's happening. Ephesians chapter 1, 17 and 18, that prayer is being fulfilled. Like we are experiencing the fruit of that prayer of what? That the Father of glory would give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you and I fit right here. Notice what he says. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. We're going to come back to that word. Not buffet, not golden corral. Come on, not Western sizzling. No, to buffet me. We're going to look at that. Lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, a lot of people get all kinds of nasty messed up with this verse, and they think that God assigned a demon to Paul. I mean, I mean, it's clearly a demon right here in the verse. But if you don't see that, a lot of people say God gave him this eye problem. You know, he had physical eye issues to somehow humble him. Man, I'm telling you, that is the most bogus and erroneous doctrinal perspectives. I mean, it is trash, friends. Um, And I'm telling you, those same people mess up Job too. Listen, Job found out in chapter 42, he didn't have a revelation of who God was. So whoever this mysterious supernatural being messing in his life, he thought it was God. See, we're told to resist the devil. How come Job didn't resist the devil? Because he thought the devil was God. Now, that wasn't Paul's problem. But I'm saying people have this paradigm that God and Satan are like buddies and they work together to help humble us. Garbage, friends. Absolute trash. The Bible says humble yourself. God isn't using sickness to humble you. Hallelujah. So anyways, what's going on in this situation? Because you and I need to locate ourselves right here in this verse. Because I'm going to show you a strategy of the devil that you need to be aware of. And uh, because if you're ignorant, come on, where's that at? That's literally in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you're ignorant, the devil can take advantage of you. So have, take it, have the strategic advantage and know your enemy and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. And you'll have the strategic advantage and the devil will be trying to chase you down rather than you running around in circles, uh, just falling into every trap the devil is setting for you. So you and I are moving in an abundance of revelations. I'm not saying it's the same as Paul, but I'm saying that there is an abundance of revelation. And that's working in you now. The knowledge of his will is increasing on the inside of you. And the Bible says that we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, that we'll have it. I'm telling you, the devil hates that. He's trying to keep you out of revelation. He's trying to keep things from being revealed to you. Revelation literally means there was a thing pre-existing, but it was hidden to you. It was in a mystery. But when he revealed it, you now see the thing that was pre-existing. The devil doesn't want you to see those things. He doesn't want you to hear about the wisdom and the counsel of, of the heavenlies. He doesn't want you to see the operations of the heavenly realm. He doesn't want you to know how to move in the spirit. He doesn't want you to have understanding of your birthrights as a spirit. Remember, 
you have to be born again, born of the spirit or born from above. He doesn't want you to have any knowledge of the reality that you are a spirit being born of the word, born of the spirit, having Zoe life on the inside of you. So there's, there are things that you're capable of by right of your birth that he doesn't want you to have any knowledge of. What is he trying to do? Keep you natural, 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 stateside, natural. He just wants to keep you in the natural realm because in the natural realm, he can get you, he can get you, he, he can keep you limited. He can put a cap on it. He can deceive you. He can manipulate you easily in the natural realm. Once you begin to move in the things of the spirit, I'm telling you, we got that devil on the run now. Hallelujah. Oh, because once we begin to awake to who we are in, in Christ, seated, fit in him, we have a place in him, then the devil gets really frustrated because now we can ask for stuff and stuff gets done. Let me give you this verse and then I'll go on here. Um, 1 John 5, I quoted it. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, let me ask you a question. Do you believe God hears you when you pray? Do you know he hears you when you pray? How can you know he hears you when you pray? Every time you pray according to his will, he hears you. That's what the Bible says. Now, listen, friends, you have to believe that. You have to believe that. If you don't believe that, I can't help you. Hallelujah. If you don't believe that, the devil can manipulate you. You have to believe that when you pray, and if you pray according to his will, he hears you every time. Then the Bible says, if you know that he hears you, whatever you ask, this is verse John 5, 15. Oh, I'm about to get excited. Whatever you ask, you know that you have it. You know that you have the petition is what, it's, what it says. Now, you have to pray according to his will. And, okay, for the religious folk, let me answer this for you. Because a lot of people have this. It's not even Bible. I mean, it's not even Bible. It's, it's made up. It's deception is what it is. I mean, it came from somewhere, but it didn't come from the Bible. And uh, a lot of people say, well, you just never know. Never know what? Well, you just never know what his will is. God's ways are mysterious. Okay, what is a Bible mystery? Why Bible mysteries are hidden things, but they're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. And particularly, they're hidden from the devil. That's why they're shrouded in a mystery. But listen, you are a child of the king. You are a joint heir with Christ. Everything the Father has is bequeathed to you. So it's in a mystery. What does Proverbs say? It's his glory to conceal a matter. <laughs> but it's your honor to seek it out. That's Bible, friends. This, well, you just never know. Never know what? Well, you just never know what his will is. Okay, well, if you never know what his will is, then why are you told to pray according to his will? If you can't know his will, why are you told to pray according to his will? Listen, if you can't know his will, that would mean you can't pray according to it because you don't know what it is. Then he doesn't hear any prayers that you pray. First John 5, 15 and 14, friends. He says, if you pray according to his will, he hears those prayers. Well, if you just never know, then he never hears you. That's a lie of the devil. Let me listen. You need to you need to recognize 
that concept, that paradigm for what it is, it's a strategy. And some people got hooked by it. Listen, they're choking on it now. They're choking on that hook from the devil. That's a bait and choke right there. Because now people can't can't pray with any kind of confidence. The Bible says you have to know that he hears you. If you don't know that he hears you, you're not going to have the request answered. But to know that he hears you, you have to pray according to his will. But if you don't know what his will is, you can't pray according to his will. You see the strategy of the devil right there? And people are choking on that right now. Well, you know, we prayed for so-and-so and they didn't get healed. Must not be his will. That's a strategy of the devil right there, friends. Listen, we, we, we love people. We love people. I love people. Hallelujah. We work with churches. We work with all kinds of churches. Hallelujah. We work with all kinds of people. Hallelujah. And so um, what I'm about to say, I don't mean demeaning, uh, ultimately not demeaning in any way, but in our town, there's a church across town that they teach that. Like the pastor, like I listened to his sermon one day and uh, he's an acquaintance of mine, but he gets up and he says, you know, we, we prayed for cousin so-and-so and, and, and cousin so-and-so died. And literally, he has an entire ministry now based around this one experience where he prayed for cousin so-and-so, but because cousin so-and-so didn't get healed right then when he prayed and they, they ended up passing away, he has this paradigm now that, well, it must have not have been God's will, that because he didn't get healed when I prayed for him, it must be God's will, uh, or it must have been God's will that cousin so-and-so died. Listen, friends. Uh, num- number one, uh, no. Uh, uh, all right, uh, no. Okay, but number two, listen, you and I can make mistakes, and uh, but God's word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he isn't suddenly going to change just because of cousin so-and-so. Listen, he raised people from the dead all throughout the scriptures. He, he, people were healed left and right, thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands based upon Matthew 8. It says he based healing thousands and ten thousands and tens of thousands of people. He based it on what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about him, that by his stripes, people would be healed. So cousin so-and-so falls under uh, the covenantal requirement for Jesus to heal cousin so-and-so on the basis of the prophet Isaiah. But how come cousin so-and-so didn't get healed? Well, cousin so-and-so may not have wanted to get healed. Cousin so-and-so may not have known what was provided for him. Listen, we don't judge anybody. Uh, but I'm telling you, I'm not talking to dead people right right now. I'm talking to those who are still in the land of the living. And I'm telling you right now, don't ever base your experiences on what somebody else is, uh, you know, don't base your future and what somebody else has missed out on. Yeah, thousands of people are dying today, but yet it's still God's will to heal them. Just like thousands, maybe millions, will die today, not born again, and spend the rest of eternity in hell, even though it's God's will that they would be saved. I mean, hello, is that not in several places in the scriptures? But, but God doesn't make people do stuff. If he's not making people get born again, he's not making people get healed. Just because cousin so-and-so didn't get healed that moment when I thought they should doesn't mean that God is not still in the healing business. And so, well, they, they say, you just never know. I mean, I prayed. I prayed. Well, listen, did you believe that he heard you? Were you praying with faith in your heart? 
did cousin so-and-so even want to be healed? Listen, so many situations, and I, I've only experienced this a couple times, but, I'm in, but I've been praying for somebody, and the Lord was saying, hey, look, they're going to go on. Listen, I'm not in control of them. People get mad because you don't want so-and-so to die, but maybe so-and-so wants to die. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of this. These are serious things, but what I'm saying is you are not in control of somebody. They have a will. But, I'm, uh, but also, have they been told the good news? Do they even know what is available for them? Or do they truly believe that this is all there is? We're not judging them. And you know, if they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're in heaven. Hallelujah. But you know what they're finding out now that they're in heaven? It didn't have to go down like this, bro. Hallelujah. Jesus is like, man, I'm glad you're here. But I'm telling you, I had a provision for you there so you could finish your race. Why do we press into the healing power? Because we're going to finish our race. And some of these mockers are like, what do you think? What do you think, Justin? You're just going to live forever? You're going to live forever? You're going to live forever? You get healed of anything so you can live forever? That's such a mocking attitude. No, I don't believe that. But I have a race to finish. And there's healing provision to quicken my mortal body so I can finish my race. It's appointed for somebody to die once. But I'm not going to die before I finish my race. Come on, somebody. And you've got to get you got to get aggressive about that. I'm not going to die until I finish my race. Then I'm going to let this body go. Hallelujah. And this body's going to die, but I'm going to cross over. No pain. Hallelujah. No sting. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Now, listen, we got to be wise because there is an enemy that's seeking to devour you. So you can't be stupid about stuff. You can't be somewhere you're not supposed to be. You can't be doing things you're not supposed to be doing. And I would just caution people that, you know, when you've come alive to your calling, you can't be out here tempting and testing God, thrill-seeking. People do some stupid stuff with no unction from the Holy Spirit to do it, and, they, and you can get hurt doing that. Don't, don't, don't tempt God and then open the door to, to the devil uh, by being a daredevil. Don't be a daredevil. Hello, the word, daredevils. You're daring devils. Don't do that. You're tempting God. You stay within the realm of your assignment, and I'm telling you, there's provision there to keep you strong, keep you healthy, keep you going until you finish your race. You cross that finish line, finish line you kick this body off, you're going to be present with the Lord. Again, we're not judging anybody. And if, and if you've prayed for granny and granny died or you prayed for your spouse and your spouse died or whatever, listen, don't take condemnation over that kind of stuff. There's a lot of other factors other than what you thought about in that very moment, okay? We're working with other people's will. Uh, we're working with what people know or don't know. We're working with what people understand, what they're able to receive, the knowledge of the word. So I'm saying all of this because there's strategies that a lot of people are ignorant to and the devil's taking advantage of them, but not you and me. Come on, say it, not me. I'm not gonna be taken advantage of by the devil. Hallelujah, not at not and, 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 and not at the level to squander these amazing things that Jesus has purchased for us. All right, so let's get back to this. So the Bible says this is the confidence we have. So I'm going to pray according to his will. But I've got to come to a confident place that I know his will. Look at Ephesians 5.17. Ephesians 5.17. Therefore, don't be vague, thoughtless, and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Well... You just never know. That's not scriptural, brother. Sister, stop it. 
that is, I mean, you, you, you are bold faced being hypocritical. The Bible says you can know his will. So don't say, well, you just never know. Say this right now. I don't know what God's will is, but the Bible says that I can know. So I'm going to set myself according to James. For example, the book of James says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask. So it would be honest. It would be more honest to say, I don't know what God's will is in this situation. So I'm going to go seek him and get revelation concerning it. Then once I have revelation concerning his will, now I can pray with confidence that I'm praying in connection with God's will towards this situation. Uh, man, that is such a simple adjustment. I'm telling you, but it, but it's, it's profound friends. There's tons of people out there, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that you, you, you're playing right into the devil's hands by saying things like that. And I, and I'm not trying to make fun of you or whatever, but I'm saying, listen, the devil's making fun of you. The, you, you, the, the devil's made you into a laughing stock. Uh, and he's exploited your ignorance of, of this scripture. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved a workman that need not be ashamed. And so in these particular things, I don't mean to be hard, but listen, in these particular things, you cannot just slough that off like it's some big, you know, uh, this is a serious thing. Don't ever think that God's withholding. It may be hidden, but it's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. And specifically, if it's something that concerns you, he said, I'm going to perfect that which concerns you. He gave you the Holy Ghost in order to lead you into all truth. So right here, uh, verse 10 of that same chapter in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. That is not language that says, well, you just never know. No, 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 no. He said, find out. He didn't say, I'm, keep, I'm keeping it from you. He said, find out. Come, come seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and you'll get answers. So now once you come to the understanding of God's will, you can ask anything and whatever. Now this, um, let, let me add this thought. And I'm going to tie this back into 2 Corinthians chapter 12 because we're, we're kind of dealing with putting you and I in that story of an abundance of revelation knowledge. The devil's going to assign something to you, and you need to be aware of this particular strategy because, listen, friends, you and I are moving in an abundance of revelation knowledge. The knowledge of his will is, is working in us now. I mean, uh, the knowledge of his will is working in me now. I know God's will. Come on. Now, if, specifically in a certain situation, if, if I don't have a handle on it, if I don't have the word on it, I can get into his word and find it. I mean, that's you need to come to that level of confidence. Look at this in uh, James 4, verse 2. Um, and this is, this is all working together in an abundance of revelation knowledge that you and I are working in. You and I are moving, and we're going deeper. We're going deeper than we've ever been. More is becoming available to us. More is opening up to us. But he says this, you don't have because you don't ask. Well, we're just told to ask according to his will. Listen, God is not this crazy, messed up, uh, schizophrenic. You know, you never know which side of the coin that he's on. You never know which angle he's coming from. I mean, one, one minute he's saying you don't have because you don't ask. And then the next minute he's saying, well, you can't ask because you don't know what to ask for. That, that, that level of strategic confusion is not from God, friends. That is a strategy of the devil. And, uh, and, and I know you're open to having the confidence of knowing God's will, but the devil, if you're not watchful, he's going to try and trick you into thinking that somehow you're being prideful or greedy 
Another strategy of the devil right there, friends. Don't give into it. So the Bible says you don't have something because you haven't asked for it. Well, how, how are you going to ask for it? Well, because it's going to be revealed. Hallelujah. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith works in connection with receiving or taking. It's the Greek word in Mark 11, what, 23 and 24 there. Same word receive in 24 is translated take. So faith works in connection here. So faith, God is so good. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's supernatural. I mean, he is omniscient, omnipresent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, oh, I love it. Yadhe Vave. Hallelujah. The name above all names. The self-existent one. That's who he is. Um, where was I going? Hallelujah. I got excited there. Listen, so uh, faith, God is phenomenal. When he reveals something embedded in that revelation, in the light of his word, is the faith to go ahead and receive it. Listen, this is why you cannot be ignorant of, uh, of his will. But if you're honest, you can't be in his word and still remain in the dark concerning his will. Somehow you have to exchange truth for a, a lie. Somewhere along the way, when you read in the Bible that he took stripes to heal whoever would come to him on the basis of that finished work, Somewhere you had to read that. And then the devil came and sold you, tricked you, manipulated you, tempted you to exchange the truth for a lie concerning it. And so the same thing with the knowledge of his will. Well, you just never know. No, no, no. You exchanged the truth that it is his good pleasure to reveal these things to you for some twisting lie that somehow God's not doing that. You cannot read the Bible and come up with that statement is what I'm trying to say. You got it from somewhere else, but you didn't get it from the Bible. Now, uh, look at John 16, 23. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. This is Jesus. He said, at that point, he's talking about after the resurrection and after the Holy Spirit comes. Um, he said, at that point, you won't need to ask me any questions. He said, I assure you, and I solemnly tell you, that my father, listen, Jesus went so that we could have shalom. When, um, uh, when he was raised from the dead and he came back and he met the disciples and he said, peace unto you. He was saying, I got it. Shalom, restoration, reconciliation. You are now at peace with God. You are now whole together with the father. That's the whole reason why Jesus came to, to reconcile us back to the father, friends. And so he's saying, look, now, you're going to have communion one-on-one -on -one with him. And he says, my father will grant you whatever you ask him in my name. Verse 24, up to this time, you've not asked a single thing in my name. Listen, there's people still today that have not yet asked a single thing in his name. You know why? Because they still believe, well, you just never know. That's a trick of the devil. And because you have that lingering strategy in your heart, you have not yet asked anything of the Father in any level of confidence. And that's why you don't have anything. That's why you don't have your healing. That's why you don't have provision. That's why things aren't working out for you. That's why you're not walking in favor. That's why you're mad at everybody that is. That's why you think they're greedy. They're not. They're confident that the Father hears them. In fact, the only, the, the things they're asking for are the very things he's revealing to them. Now, he said up to this time, you've not asked a single thing. 
But guess what? Verse 24, look at this. John 16, 24 in the Amplified, friends. Look at this. But now, when, later? No, now, ask and keep asking and you will receive. Now watch this. Why Why would you do that? Again, we're, we're, we're talking about this is an abundance of revelation, friend. Like if you have a genuine revelation, knowledge of his will, he said to ask me for that. Ask me for it. Ask me for it. You have revelation. He said, ask me for it. He's revealing it to you, so you will ask him for it. If you have a revelation of healing, it's not so you can just sit there and stare at it. It's so you can ask him for it and apply it to what? Something going wrong in your body. Toe problems, ankle problems, shin problems, knee problems, thigh problems. You got hip issues. You got other issues going on in that region. Stomach problems, nervous issues, blood issues. You got organ problems, you got chest issues, heart problems, you got muscle issues, you got back problems, you got spine problems. What do you got going on? You have disc issues? Come on, you have elbows? You have a catch in your shoulder? You got rotator cuff problems? What's the matter? You got arthritis in your arms and your elbows and your wrists and your hands and your fingers? Come on. What do you got? You got neck issues? Huh? You got gland issues? You got thyroid problems? What do you got? You got teeth falling out? You got teeth rotting out? You got jaw issues, you got gum issues, something going on with your tongue, your throat, you can't swallow, you can't eat. What's what's going on? Something going on in your nasal passages? Is your hearing diminishing? Can what's 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 happening with your eyes? You got cataracts? You can't see, can't see far, can't see close? What's what's the matter with your brain? Are you struggling memorizing things? You can't think, can't think clear, you feel like you're walking in a fog or things cloudy? Come on, what's going on? Is your hair falling out? Is there some sort of blood issue? You're losing your hair? Listen. He's revealing healing so you can ask, friends. You have not because you ask not. But I'm telling you, it's not because you don't know. He's been slapping you in the face with it. There's 100,000 ministers who are on TV and everywhere else every day of the week, every Sunday, saying it's God's will to hear, heal. But listen, you've got to ask him for it. it. Once it becomes a revelation to you, once you see it in the scripture, he intends, he expects you to ask him for it. You have not because you ask not. Well, you just never know. That is a strategy of the devil, friend. I'm telling you, it's devilish. It's devilish. It's devilish. Now, listen, if you want to party with devils, do what you want, okay? I'm not in control of you. I I, I can't bend your will, okay? And I'll tell you, Jesus isn't forcing you to do anything either. I, I surely can't. I would like to come over there and slap you around, but I can't do that. Some, somebody would say, well, that's not walking in love, Justin. Hallelujah. Uh, but listen, once something is revealed, he intends for you to ask him for it. But I'm telling you, the devil's coming in there, and he's trying to exchange the truth for a lie. He's trying to get you to believe that garbage that, well, wow, you just never know. Then you won't ever ask. Because you can't come to the faith, or you can't come to the confidence that God literally beat the snot. Come on. Allow Jesus to be crushed so that you could be healed. What a trade, friends. I mean, really, have, have, have you really sat, sat down and thought about this? What a trade-off. Jesus was bludgeoned, and you're like, nah, you just never know. That's the devil. I'm saying that is the devil. Recognize the devil. <laughs> You smell that? That's the devil, friends. What? What? Oh, what's that sound like? Yeah, that's the devil. That's demonic wisdom. 
Don't, 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 don't exchange revelation that concerns you for some devilish garbage. But I, again, I'm revealing to you the strategy of the enemy. He'll come in there. He'll even try and beat you down over this kind of stuff. Once you begin to move in revelation, once revelation knowledge begins to exalt you, whoa, the devil's going to try and keep you grounded, friends. How does he do that? Garbage, lies. He'll, he'll, he'll mix a little bit of truth and then flip it on you where, where it'll ground you rather than give you lift because he doesn't want you to move in the realm of the spirit. He doesn't want you accessing, demonstrating, fellowshipping with the light of the glorious gospel. Hallelujah. Now, let me read this. I want to finish this verse here because this is, this is good. John 16, 24. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing. Listen, I, w- I want you to repent of that right now. Father, forgive us. Forgive us right now for not asking things in your name. Not asking for things. Not asking for things that have been revealed to us. Father, forgive us for thinking that we were just worthless worms and that none of this applied to us. Father, we repent of that right, right now. And Father, we accept the fact that we're sons. We accept the fact that we're children. We accept the fact that you and we, you are a good father and we have a good father and you are our good father. We accept that. We repent of anything, Father, that's tried to breach that relationship between good father and your children. And Father, I repent of not asking as often as I should. Come on, say it. I repent of not asking. Father, I repent of going without because I thought it was better to not ask. Father, we repent for going without because we thought that we could never get any clarity from you. We repent of that right now. Come on, repent of believing that you could not get clarity from your father. Did you ask for clarity? Did you ask for wisdom on the thing that you didn't know very much about? Did you ask the Lord to give you the scriptures? Do you think you know more than the scriptures? Repent of that. Maybe you should repent that you think you know more than the Father. Where has that ever happened before? In the Garden of Eden, maybe? Listen, Heavenly Father said, you see see that tree? Don't eat of that tree. Somebody thought they knew better, didn't they? My kids do it. I'll tell them, hey, you know what? Don't do that. And you know what? They think they know better than I do. And you know what they'll do? They'll go do the thing I told them not to do. Now, that's foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. But where does that come from? It didn't come from the, it didn't come from the light. It came from the dark. <laughs> Anytime you think you know better than the Heavenly Father, you're fellowshipping with the dark, friend. Anytime you think you know better than the Word, well, I think I know more than the word. You don't even know the word. Like, <laughs> and I say you loosely. Uh, I don't mean you. Or maybe I do. I don't know. Um, what I'm talking about is sometimes we, we think that the one verse is the total picture. Uh, and maybe it's not. Maybe we should get into the Word. Maybe we should fellowship with the Word. Maybe we should get into the harmony of the Scriptures. And we might see a little bit bigger picture here. So he says this, now, 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 don't wait. <laughs> Start asking. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you to ask the Lord for things. Listen, you don't have to go without. You don't have to suffer anymore. Ask for healing. And then once you ask, take it. Take it. He, he said, if you ask anything according to my will, you know. You know you have the petition. And so if you know you have it, then you need to take it. But he says, ask and keep on asking and you will receive. Watch this. What does it do? It causes your joy to be full. It causes your joy to be full. Listen, if you're sick, broken, you got one of those problems going on that we just went through. You know, we just went through from head to toe, toe to head. We covered the majority, it seems, of common ailments that are going on in people's lives. And if you're, if there's something broken in your body, your joy isn't full. Your joy isn't full. Guess what's going to bring that fullness of joy? Your shalom, your total healing, nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, healing. The healing anointing is going to finish out the joy. Hallelujah. Now, there's a joy set before you, and it's in hope form. But the full manifestation, I'm telling you, is going to bring joy. The Amplified says gladness, delight, and it's going to bring a completion to you. Let me give you one more here. And we'll move on because I've just got a little bit of time left. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm saying it again for my sake. I'm a little, uh, just, just in case I haven't quite heard yet. Whatever you ask in my name, this is Jesus. Red letters, red letters, red letters. Some people don't believe any of the black letters, okay? So I'm, so this is the, this is red this is red letters. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So that the Father may be glorified. Listen, Jesus is all about pleasing the Father. So he says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Now, John, 1 John 5, 15 says, according to the knowledge of his will. How do you get the knowledge of his will? B-I-B-L-E, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Uh, Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority, but he's going to speak what he's been told. And he's going to lead you into all truth. You have a, you have a relationship with Holy spirit that you trust, right? So you are not ignorant friend. Hallelujah. And, uh, verse 14, John 14, 14. If you ask anything in my name, if you ask anything in my name, Oh, hallelujah. If you ask anything, Oh, the devil hates that. He hates that. He hates it. He hates it. <laughs> oh, we don't care. We don't care what you hate. You're a loser. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. Who, so who's contradicting that? Who is contradicting that? Like for real. Who, who, who just contradicted that? Who said that wasn't true right now? Like who, who is lying to you right now? Is it Jesus going, hey, I really didn't say that. I mean, is, I mean, do you, I mean, is the Holy Ghost going, hey, no, no. That's not the Bible. All right. Well, I mean, it's John 14, 14. Jesus said, red letters, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who, who, who's arguing that? I mean, for real, are we arguing that? Who is, Bob, who is arguing that? I, I mean, hello. I mean, there, it seems like there's entire ministries dedicated to argue that right there. What, what in the world? Where'd that come from? That's a strategy of the devil, friend. Hallelujah. So again, you don't have because you don't ask. Hallelujah. It, well, it's, it, it, I mean, is it really that simple? All right, now, that's all in the realm of the abundance of revelation. 
All, all, all what I talked about. All of that right there. First Corinthians 12, 7. All right, so let's, let's, let's get down because I want to talk to you about this word before we close. So this, this is where Paul was at. You're not going to get caught up in the third heaven and then come away with no petitions. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you are not going to move in the spirit realm and have nothing to ask for. Okay, I mean, you're not going to fellowship with the Holy Ghost and have zip zero, zero requests. I, I mean, you fellowship with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden asking begins to flow. Like you begin to flow on a whole nother level of petition making. Hallelujah. Okay, again, this is in the realm of the abundance of revelation. All right, now, because of that, though, because of that, a demon was assigned to Paul, not from God. My goodness, people. God did not assign that devil to Paul. Satan assigned that demon to Paul. He's like, dude, you got, you got to keep Paul in the realm of the natural. Now, go harass him. Now, he, he used the word, the King James, King Jimmy used this word, buffet, not buffet, all right? Occasionally, I like a good buffet. But no, no, this is, this is the word buffet, and it's literally translated beat to beat. Um, it means to strike with the fist. It means to treat with violence. It means to insult with language. Listen, once Paul began to become aware of, hey, the natural is not all there is, right? Just because this is all we've known doesn't mean that's all there is. Just because we've only seen certain things in the natural doesn't mean there's not other things to be seen. It doesn't mean that there's unseen things right now that are just waiting for you to lay eyes on them. Paul began to move in that. You and I are moving in that. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying that the devil's doing this to you or to me. I'm just saying, be prepared, maybe. Be aware of his strategies. When you begin to move in this, especially in the knowledge of his will, because once you start asking for stuff, the devil hates anything and whatever. He's going to maybe try and buffet you. What is it? He's going to try and beat you down, friend. He's going to come at you hard. He's going he's gonna to lie to you. He's going to insult you with words. He's going to treat you with violence. He's going to try and strike your mind. He's going to try and come in and beat you down, make you feel like you're greedy. He's going to try and make you feel like you're asking too much. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got a million different angles, and he's going to utilize them all and exploit them all to keep you grounded, to keep you naturally grounded. Where you feel bad, you feel it. He uses shame. Oh, my goodness. Shame's one of his. Uh, dude, I mean, I have been hit by shame. I, I, I can tell you, uh, shame's nasty. Embarrassment is dirty. The devil will use all kinds of strategies, and, and because he doesn't care anything about you, he doesn't care if it hurts, stings. He doesn't care how it uh, impacts you emotionally. He doesn't care about that depression, oppression. He doesn't care about insanity. He doesn't care if you lose your mind. He, he hopes you lose your mind, friend, over stuff like this. I mean, he is going to hit you if he can. Don't let him. Let me help you here, though. This is what Paul experienced, though, a buffeting, a beating, uh, at least attempted beating, striking. Now, whenever you see the word devil, uh, it's the Greek word diabolos. Write this down. Listen, do not forget this. It literally means, devil, literally means to strike continually multiple times. Devil is not a proper name. We use it as a proper name. His name is Satan, Lucifer, Apollyon, Abaddon. Those are all references. But devil is not necessarily a uh, proper name. It's actually more of a description. 
So every time you see the word devil, it's, it, 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 it's really describing an activity or strategy. It's the picture of Satan or a demon striking the mind and striking the mind and striking the mind and striking the mind looking for an access point. Let me, let me give you this. So it's a compound word, diabolos. The, the, the two uh, elements together, devil, means to strike continually multiple times, but the, the compound, so the prefix and the suffix, prefix dia means to penetrate. Dia, to pre- penetrate. Balos, diabalos, diabalos, dia, to penetrate, balos, to throw or to hurl, like a rock or a fist or a knife. And so if you put these words together, you can see that he's, that he's striking you. He's striking, striking. He's, he's trying to hit you. He's trying to hit you. He'll, 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 he'll insult you. He'll tempt you. He'll insult you, mock you, lie to you. He'll try and deceive you. He'll hit the mind with these strategies. He'll hit your mind with these strategies. He's going after your mind. Well, you just never know. That is a di- diabolical. That is a devilish strategy, friend. What's he doing? He's striking the mind, striking the mind, striking the mind. He's looking for an access point. And he's trying to get so he can penetrate the mind and construct a stronghold against the knowledge of God. An imagination that is specifically designed, constructed, it's conceived and constructed to oppose, to counter, dis. It's antagonistic. It's positionally uh, oppositional to any knowledge of God. Well, you just never know. I'm telling you, friend, that is a demonic strategy that is set up against the truth that you can know God's will. Don't ever say that again. If I can encourage you, just put that on pause. Don't say that out loud anymore. And ask the Lord uh, to give you a purview through the scriptures. Maybe take a little bit of a sabbatical here and go through the scriptures and you find out if it is scriptural that you would know God's will. I, I mean, it is, but you, but you, but you don't know that, and so you need to find that out because what's happening is the devil has constructed. You've conceived a lie, and it is specifically countering the knowledge of the truth. Every lie is set against the truth in some area, and so there's lies constructed. They're specific. Uh, they're specific. Um, these traps, these strategies. They specifically target an element of truth. And so you need to find out, because you're not going to be able to pull those imaginations out. You're not going to be able to pull those strongholds down, those thinkings, uh, those unbeliefs or disbeliefs in a particular area. You're not going to be able to pull those down without the knowledge of the truth as your weaponry. You know, as, as the, um, whatever that is, you know, I'm thinking of the, the crane with the ball, the wrecking ball. you got to have the truth as a wrecking ball to come in and tear down these strongholds that have set themselves antagonistically, positionally, antagonistically against the knowledge of the truth. So I want to encourage you uh, that you and I are going to find ourselves here. We're already here, friends. You're already here. That's why you're listening. That's why you stayed on this whole time with me. You've been in here 55 minutes now. Hallelujah. Because you know this to be true. And you're recognizing, and it's refreshing. I'm telling you, it's refreshing to have revelation knowledge about how your enemy is trying to position himself against you. So you, this is the strategic advantage that's been given to us. All right, so Paul prayed. He prayed. Listen, you and I are going to pray the same same prayer, and we're going to get the same answer. Paul said, hey, can you take this? I mean, how, how many times? He, 
two, three, I, I don't know, times. He said, remove these demons. Stop their harassing. He, Paul, cried, cried out, Father, stop these harassing. Stop this buffeting. God said, my grace is sufficient, brother. I've empowered you to deal with it. Now, you take your authority. You take, at, you take the truth and use that truth to cast out these lies, friend. Listen, uh, God is for you. Oh, my gosh. Like God wasn't saying, man, Paul, you wuss. My grace is sufficient. No, he was saying, I'm your father and I believe in you. Now you get in there and you deal with these demons. That was a, that, that was like a Holy Ghost coach saying, rise up champion. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil harass you. He's going to try. Don't let him, friends. And with that, we're going to bring the podcast to a close today. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in with me. Get out there and get asking, friends. Get into the Word. The Word's going to reveal things that uh, concern you and intentionally going to put something before you that you're to ask for. So just uh, get in the habit of it. Hallelujah. We're going to start asking. And listen, okay, I, I totally get it. I understand. Maybe you're like, I just don't know what to ask for. Send me an, send me an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv, and I will give you a list of things that you can join me in petitioning the Lord for. There's lots of things uh, that we are wanting and desiring for the sake of the ministry. So listen, friends, if you need something to do, reach out to me and I'll help you right there. You, you, you can agree with me and my petitions. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. All right, hey, if you need some prayer, though, seriously. Um, you know, I'm just trying to, we're just trying to have fun. But listen, this is a serious matter here. If you need some prayer, friends, we're here for you. I totally get it. If the devil has been harassing you um, and you want some help, kicking that harassment, that oppression, that depression off of you, you call us and we'll help you, friends. 870-741-9099. Go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv. There's a prayer form there. Or if you need to write it, that would take longer, but you could write us a letter, P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Or listen, there's there's somebody close to you. There's somebody close to you. If you're not in our area, there's a good church near you. You go find them. And you say, I need some help. It's not shameful to ask for help, friends. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to say thank you to all the people that have uh, just supported us. You've believed in us. You've prayed for us. I say thank you in advance. I thank you for your continued prayers. But I'm telling you, it's made power available. Just like today. Today was a significant podcast, friends. And your prayer, your support made that possible. I say thank you. If you want to join um, others who have even financially contributed, or I'm really asking that you would partner with us in prayer. That's, that's that's, That's what I really want. I want that more than anything. But others have financially contributed. Any contribution is tax deductible, by the way. But if you want to do that, or you just want to say, hey, I'm going to commit to pray, let me know about it. All right? Several ways you can do that. Let me Send, send me an email. Hello at Grace C Church. Say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I'm committing to pray for you and the podcast and the listeners. Hallelujah. But if you want to contribute something, if you text, you can text the give 84321. That's 84321 if you're in the United States. Or you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or you can always mail a check, P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Hey, until next time, friends, thank you so much.
Be blessed.